of course, I've burnt a lot of money as well. People don't see it. All they see is uh, the success. They see the numbers, the mm-hmm. triple-digit revenue, first time ever that a tech brand was able to achieve a million downloads in eight months' time, etc. They see those very sexy numbers. They don't see the grind. They don't really see the hustle. And I learned the hard way. I didn't really have people mentoring me. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. To join our community, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and receive these five free benefits. First, you get the risk reduction checklist I've created from the lessons I've learned from all of my guests. Second, you get my weekly email to help you increase your investment return. Third, you get a 25% discount on all ASTOTS Academy courses. Fourth, you get access to our Facebook community to get to know guests and fellow listeners. And finally, you get my curated list of the top 10 podcast episodes. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guest, Patrick Zulueta. Patrick, are you ready to rock? I'm ready. Good day, everyone. Yeah. Well, let me introduce you to the audience. Patrick Zulueta is a country pioneer for launching and managing technology brands. He's helped Kashalo, Paymaya, and BPI achieve millions of downloads and users, as well as triple-digit revenue growth. And that's what matters, right? <laughs> In the first two years, handling <laughs> yes. each of these brands. Since then, he has become a co-founder and director for growth of Apper.ph a tech company which helps businesses adopt new technology and innovation. Their clientele includes some of the country's top digital companies. He has over 13 years experience in marketing, branding, business development, and marketing communication. And ladies and gentlemen, Patrick's mission is to continually empower the underserved via digital transformation. Patrick, take a minute and fill in further tidbits about your life. Thank you, Dr. Andrew, and thank you everyone for having me today. It's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to the session. Uh, we've been putting it off for the past few months, but finally here. And yes, Dr. Andrew is correct. I'm very passionate about helping not just the Philippines, but Southeast Asia become a stronger lion, as you would call it, in the tech industry, whether it be on the cloud, whether it be fintech, whether it be anything that relates to improving the lives of more people in Southeast Asia. That's really what I'm after. And that's really what I've been doing for the past 13 years, launching these tech brands. Exciting. And tell us about Apper.ph. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing and how you're doing it. Sure. Apper.ph is actually a tech consulting firm which helps companies drive innovation on the cloud, which Mm -hmm. means basically we believe that companies, whether it be a tech company or a digital company, they typically need a partner for innovation, whether it's just creating an app or driving new innovations for high-tech products already. And typically, that's what we do. We make sure that we share our expertise, make sure you get the job done in the shorter span of time, or the shortest span of time. And that's really what we've done with some of the tech companies which we've partnered up with today. And I'm curious, like for a lot of big companies, sometimes they think to themselves, oh, we can do this ourselves. We don't have to hire someone outside. We're going to get some of our staff to do this and that. Mm -hmm. Tell me like what it is that you bring to the table that really they're not going to be able to do if they try to do it on their own. 
Sure. Well, it's really a mindset for innovation. It's a culture for innovation, which companies typically struggle to do when it's just their in-house teams do it. Typically, when a tech company is trying to drive innovation, they're so busy with their core business, solving everyday problems for their customers that they don't get to think outside the box. So somebody from the outside with that type of a perspective is able to zone in and say, okay, this is all we're going to do. We're just going to drive innovation for you. You still need to, of course, assist us, and it's a partnership. But at the same time, you need somebody who's just focused on that. And that's what some companies fail to realize. And thankfully, some of the partners which we've worked with, such as Globe Telecom, Gcash, some social media companies such as Leica, Beauty, Manila, actually see that uh, this type of a partnership has been uh, very important, especially uh, during the pandemic where people are working from home and it's you know, very, very difficult for them to zone in on certain tasks. So that's something which I've learned. And Philippines has been really challenged. I was just going through the GDP yes. numbers and looking at Philippines relative mm-hmm. to other countries in Asia, and it really took a hard hit on Sadly, GDP. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, That's um, true. So, so I would say that you know now more than ever, companies need creative ways of trying to survive and take care of their customers. So it's a great time for you to be really helping them to do that. So that's pretty exciting. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever <laughs> goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstance leading up to it, then tell us your story. Sure. This might be one of the more unique answers that you're going to receive in this podcast. And my worst investment is nothing related to financial management, investing, or those types of mistakes. My worst investment was not investing on myself early on in my career. As you can see, I've been in the tech industry for the past 13 years. For a tech co-founder, that's actually quite long before actually receiving success. A lot of tech co-founders in Southeast Asia, Silicon Valley, those in uh, the greater regions, yeah, Europe, etc., they typically uh, ex- experience success even in their 20s. I received my success in my early 30s. And that is because I was not able to invest on the right uh, mentorship, the right skill set. And of course, I did not experience really trying out a tech startup uh, earlier. I Started it when I was already 30. Um, I tried a e-commerce startup. So uh, it's similar to Big Basket, uh, similar to Red Mart that some of the people from Singapore might know, Happy Fresh, etc. So I started this in the Philippines. And although it was quite successful, I wish I had that experience of learning, failing, growing, and really learning how to run a tech startup earlier in my career. And I noticed that typically tech startups don't really fly on your first venture. So mm. founders such as myself typically get it right the second or third time around. So for Apper, it's my second venture personally. But as you can see, I have other apps and fintechs, which I've helped along the, the way. I already have helped around six tech brands right. with this type of um, journey. And I've learned a lot. Of course, I've burnt a lot of money as well. People don't see it. All they see is uh, the success. They see the numbers, the mm-hmm. triple-digit revenue, first time ever that a tech brand was able to achieve a million downloads in eight months' time, et cetera. They see those very sexy numbers. They don't see the grind. They don't really see the hustle. And I learned the hard way. I didn't really have people mentoring me. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have uh, 
LinkedIn to my disposal 13 years ago, 10 years ago, even eight years ago, it wasn't really as big. But now it's easy for anyone who want to put up a tech company, put up a tech brand, just reach out to people such as myself. And that's something that I advocate as well. I, I advocate learning as well as, of course, paying it forward. I've seen how the tech industry has given me a lot and has really made me, well, fulfilled in terms of creating my legacy, helping other people. I've seen how it has really shifted and changed the lives of a lot of Filipinos and a lot of mm -hmm. people in Southeast Asia as well for the regional brands which I've worked with. So it's it's very rewarding. So those who reach out to me and uh, ask for coaching, mentorship, I readily and openly help them, uh, of mm -hmm. course, pro bono uh, in that sense. And I wish I had the opportunity to learn from someone who would guide me so I wouldn't be making the same mistakes some mistakes which I could have avoided and my learning curve would have been cut by half. So mm. today what do you think, I'm not... What do you think, if you go back in time, what do you think mm -hmm. it was that was holding you back? Was it a lack of confidence or the tools weren't there or you just didn't dream big enough or you didn't take action? What would you say would be the thing that really held you back thinking about some young people right now who are probably in similar shoes? That's a very good question. I would say it was the ability to take risks. I didn't have that at the time. My aggression level for, well, my aggressiveness for mm. trying to achieve this type of success in the tech industry wasn't as abundant five, 10 years ago. And if I had the right mentors, the right people guiding me with regards to that, I believe I would have taken more risks, made more um, investments uh, in terms of trying out uh, new things, right? That's something that wasn't uh, present back right. then. And if you, if you look at this whole experience from where you are now, how would you describe the lessons that you learned? Well, all I can say is it's all about failing forward. There's no way to really learn what is correct, what's the right path, what's the right process, unless you've tried it out, you've in my industry, we call it A-B testing. Mm. It's about testing whether A or B works. And unfortunately, it typically takes money, time, and effort, blood, sweat, and tears to be able to see and validate your assumptions. And I've validated so many assumptions, and I've been blessed with working with a lot of talented people, not just here in the Philippines, but people who have worldwide perspectives, people who have uh, graduated from Ivy League schools, people who have worked in Silicon Valley, JP Morgans of the world, the McKinsey's of the world. And I've, I've learned a lot from them in the past few years. And it's only when I really put myself out there and really expose myself to these types of experiences, which wherein I was able to learn and uh, mm. really cut my learning curve in terms of trying to succeed in the tech industry. Let me summarize what I took away from your story. You know, one of sure. the things that you really, I guess the core thing that you really made me think about was you know, in the world of internet startups and all of that digital world, the concept of A-B testing is so now, it's, it's ingrained in people. You know, you've got to go through those A-B tests. You know, when I started my own career and all that, and I started my own business, the pace with which you could test things was a lot slower, right? Yes. Nowadays, you know, you could literally take five different taglines for a business put them into five different simple little Facebook ads and send them to a landing page and say, which one of these five works? In fact, I just did that for one of the 
short courses I created called Don't Read These 36 Books. <laughs> and I tested five different you know, ones and then boom, I saw that that one was definitely the most attractive. But also what I think about and I take away is that you have to do a lot of tests. It's not just one and you've got to go through. Now we are thinking about AB in terms of like a Facebook ad or a social media ad or a post or something, but really everything we're doing in business is kind of a, B, at least we're A testing. Sometimes we're A, B testing, but mm -hmm. ultimately it takes time to see the results of that. And so what I'm getting from you is if you had started earlier, you could have done more testing, gone through the failures. And like you said, fail forward. Correct. I think, you know, mm -hmm. for all the listeners out there, I think that's such a good lesson that, you know, you've got to start testing your hypothesis, you know, your idea, and then do that testing as early as possible. Would you say anything you would add to that? I would agree with that. And at the same time, I guess, open yourself to these types of failures early on and be willing to accept the risks. Be willing to accept that these types of failures are important before the successes could come in. As I mentioned, people just see the, the glory and the successes, all the good news, the press releases, but they, they don't see how many times we've pivoted, how many times we've had to stay up and try to see, okay, this product market fit, as we call it in the industry, mm -hmm. isn't really working. We have to change the entire business model, start from scratch. We've wasted three to six months of our development work, our runway, but we have to start from scratch because we, we really see that it's not working. So those types of challenges will really come, but they'll really pay off. And uh, the sooner, the better, I would say. Mm -hmm. You yep. can start even when you're in your uni days, right? I see some tech founders who are starting very, very young. And um, they're the ones who become successful because they, they learn and they fail earlier. Yep. Wow. Well, based upon what you learned from this experience and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Well, I would say take one idea, whether it's a good one or bad one. If it's for a tech startup, if it's for a business, if it's for a side hustle, go for it. If you really strongly believe in it, it's something that you're passionate about, go for it. There's, there's really no margin for error or, or there's no cap as to what you can learn. And mm -hmm. you'll never know wherein you could really see who you could work with in the future. It might not be for this venture, but for the next venture, you'll get it right. You'll get it right in terms of not just your idea, but the people you'll work with, which is also very, very important. So it's my tip, I guess, just go out there and do it. That's something that I wish I knew when I was uh, in my earlier 20s. Mm. But again, also to those listeners who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, this is a marathon. It's, it's not a race. Yeah. So if you start later on in your career, later on in your journey, it's fine. As, you know, start today. as they say, some, some people became billionaires in their 50s or their 60s. It happens, right? So it's, it's not really a, a rush, but... Uh, it's so I still have a chance of being a billionaire sooner. I believe you're a billionaire already today, but yes. <laughs> In my heart, I am a billionaire. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Last question. What, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal is to continue helping shape the Philippine tech and cloud industry. Really trying to see how we can close the gap versus our Southeast Asian counterparts. Uh, sorry if I'm going to encroach on some of the other countries, but uh, we're trying to close in on Vietnam, 
Thailand, trying to see if we can be as competitive as them in uh, those industries. And thankfully, the pandemic has helped our country a lot. It's Mm. hit us badly. But in the tech scene, at least a lot of companies have grown and a lot of people have become more comfortable to use technology. So I see that the Philippines has taken a lot out of this pandemic as well. Mm. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, reduce risk and increase return in your life. To achieve this, I created our community at myworstinvestmentever.com and I look forward to seeing you there. As we conclude, Patrick, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf- Thank you. It was my pleasure. On behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Thank you. It's a pleasure being here today. And I agree with uh, Dr. Andrew. It's important that you have the right mentor and it's important that you listen from other people as well in terms of their learnings, failures, and investments. So you don't make the the same mistakes and you learn and uh, fail forward sooner. So thank you everyone. And uh, hope uh, you stay safe uh, during this very challenging period. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying I'll see you on the upside.